0: Enjoy the Game by Lionel Burney Chapter 22 The Battle of Highbury Graham Taylor was faced with a job of reshaping his team. During the summer, Colin West left to become Graham Soonis' first signing for Glasgow Rangers. Several others were about to leave too. Jan Lohman and Paul Franklin were losing out to long-term injuries. Les Taylor joined Reading. A couple of years later, he was back at Wembley, helping the Royals to a 4-1 win over Luton Town in the Simod Cup final. As we were celebrating at Wembley, I thought, I hope the Watford fans are enjoying this result, he says. Brian Talbot moved to Stoke City, but not before he did a superb man-marking job on Brian Robson in a 1-0 win over Manchester United at Vicarage Road. It wasn't the most creative job I've been asked to do, but I did the best I could, he says. A teenage striker, Ewan Roberts, scored the winning goal against United, but Taylor wanted someone with more experience, so he signed Mark Falco from Tottenham. Mark was a very good centre-forward, but he was very different to the type of player we'd had before, says Taylor. He wasn't a pacey lad. It was no use putting the ball in the channels for him to chase. But he held the ball up well, and you could play it into him and it would stick. He had great control, and he could score goals. However, it was the arrival of Kevin Richardson that changed the metre of Watford's play. "'I went to watch him for Everton and I thought he might not do us "'because he liked to get the ball from the defenders "'and he liked to switch the ball instead of hit the centre-forward,' Says Steve Harrison. "'He would get the ball, turn on it and lay it sideways, "'then find a bit of space, get it back again "'and play someone in for a shot at goal. "'Nice stuff, but not what we were doing. "'So I said to Graham, "'Great player, but what do you want him for?' "'Graham said that we might need to find that extra pass.' and we may need to change the direction of play more. And that's what Kevin did. Frustrated at the lack of opportunities at Everton, Richardson put his reservations about Watford's style of play to one side and agreed to join. The first fortnight was a shock to his system. The training was hard work, he says. I used to hate Tuesdays because we would run and run. I said we had to stay in the Cups as long as possible so there'd be more matches and less running. Graham used to cover every tiny detail and some of his little chats would go on for an hour. Sitting on those wooden benches in the changing room, your bum started to go numb. I stood up once because my backside was going to sleep and he said, What do you think you're standing up for? I didn't do that again. Richardson's debut was against Wimbledon. It was a dreadful game which Dave Bassett's Wimbledon won with a last-minute goal. It was like being the net in a tennis match, Richardson says. Wimbledon took the Watford way to extremes and I barely got a touch on the ball. It was going over my head for 90 minutes. It took me a few weeks to get used to what we were doing. Graham was tweaking things a bit and he was happy for me to do what I wanted in the final third, but to keep it simple everywhere else. Graham wanted me to be looking for the ball further up the pitch so we could open teams up. Gradually, I got into the swing of things. Gary Porter was also coming through. "'Gary had a great left foot and was a very good passer,' says Taylor. "'We were beginning to evolve the way we played. It wasn't quite so up and atom. We weren't quite a win-and-lose team as we had been. It's not that we were settling for draws, but we weren't losing matches by trying to win them. We were more consistent and composed, but we were missing that real attacking drive a bit.' At Queen's Park Rangers early in the season, Nigel Gibbs fractured two toes and dislocated another, stretching for a ball that was running away from him on the plastic pitch. That meant David Bardsley, who Taylor hoped might make an impact as a winger, returned to play at right-back while Gibbs was out. Taylor had kept tabs on one of his old players, Steve Sims. They were interested in a centre-forward, so they thought, let's see how he does against old Simsy. So John Ward came to watch me play for Notts County, he says. Not long after that, Watford played at Nottingham Forest early in the season, and Notts County didn't have a game that day, so I asked Watford if they could get me a couple of tickets. After the game, Graham asked me to come down to the dressing room, and when it had emptied out, he said, Do you want to come back? He'd barely finished asking the question before I said yes. Taylor wanted Sims as cover, but he also wanted him to do some coaching. It took a few weeks to sort out the transfer. Graham rang, and said it had all been sorted out and that the Knotts County manager, Jimmy Cyril, would pull me to one side after the next game to tell me about the deal, but that I was to act surprised because I wasn't supposed to know about it, Tim says. After the game I was hanging around, taking my time, doing my hair, waiting for Jim to say something, but he'd forgotten. I had to prompt him. ''Everything OK, Jim? Didn't you want to word with me?'' ''Oh yes, Watford have come in for you, and we could do with the cash.'' Graham got a few of the press together and took me into the office where they were waiting. Oliver Phillips came in and said, Oh. I said, I bet they were waiting for someone exciting. Sims was due to play a reserve game in October, but on the Friday he got a call asking him to drive up to Liverpool. John McClelland had been struck with a sudden bout of food poisoning on the coach trip up. The Watford team bus had to pull in at just about every service station on the M1 and M6 so he could rush to the toilet. On Saturday, McClellan was too weak to play against Everton, and Taylor said to Sims, What do you reckon, do you fancy it? Too right I do, he replied. When McClellan returned, they slotted together perfectly. John was quiet. Nothing bothered him. I knew instinctively what he'd do, and he'd let me get on with what I did. Watford's league game at Highbury in October was a prelude for what was to follow later in the FA Cup. The linesman gave a penalty against us. Against Wilf Rostron, I think. But it was never a penalty, says Tony Coton. I called the linesman a fucking cheat, and the referee sent me off. As I walked off, Graham asked me what I'd said. I told him. He just shook his head and said, Yes, nice one, Tony. Nigel Callahan went in goal. I used to go in goal in training, he says. Martin Hayes took the penalty, and I went the right way and got a hand on it. I couldn't sleep that night because I should have saved it. The first corner they got, Wilf said to me, Don't you dare think of coming for it. But I came out and caught it. I saved three one-on-ones from Perry Groves. Taylor said to me, You had a better game in goal than you did on the pitch. Despite Callahan's heroics, Watford lost 3-1. And although Taylor did not defend Coton for swearing at the official's he was livid that the referee, Brian Stevens, had reduced the game to a farce by sending off a goalkeeper. "'It's the first time in my career I felt like calling the players off the pitch,' he said. There was no point playing after that. When Watford were drawn away at Highbury in the sixth round of the FA Cup, it was with a sense of inevitability that they learned Brian Stevens would be the referee. Taylor kicked up a fuss in the press and tried to get a change of referee, an attempt at kidology perhaps. Arsenal took the lead when Coton called for the ball, but McClelland took it away from the goalkeeper, giving Ian Allenson the chance to intercept and jab it home. I'd called it, and Macker said he'd heard me, but he thought someone was behind him, says Coton. Watford drew level as the two wingers, John Barnes on the left and David Bardsley on the right, made life a misery for the Arsenal fullbacks. Bardsley took Kenny Sanson, the England left-back, to the cleaners, with a fantastic exhibition of direct attacking play. It was brilliant to watch, says Cotan. Bardsley absolutely destroyed Sanson. Graham thought I could do something with my pace, but I hated playing on the wing. I absolutely hated it, says Bardsley. I saw myself as a fullback. I played my whole career there, and you're always in the game. You have a job to do all the time, and a lot of the attacks start with you. On the wing, I often struggled to get into the game. I preferred to play at the back and overlap instead of being stuck on the wing. With a 2-1 lead to protect, Watford had to hold firm against a barrage from Arsenal's guns. In injury time, they played the ball into Watford's penalty area and Sims jumped with Niall Quinn. The linesman flagged, but the referee waved play on. They were messing the ref about in the second half, says Sims. Quinn was falling over a lot and I told the ref they were trying to get a penalty. When the linesmen flagged, they stopped playing. Steve Williams, the Arsenal midfielder, tried to stop the ref running, but we played on. The ball fell to Gary Porter. It was drummed into you. Play to the ref's whistle. Don't stop until you hear it, and the ref hadn't blown, says Porter. I helped it on, and Luther took it the length of the pitch and had two chances, which was about par for the course for Luther. Only joking. I didn't say that. We always knew we'd win that game, says Blissett. They were appealing for a penalty, arguing all over the pitch and we just played on. Graham was yelling, keep going, keep going. I hit John Lukic, the Arsenal goalkeeper, with the first shot but put the second away. After that they could argue all they liked. And argue they did. The Arsenal players surrounded the referee. Coins were raining down onto the pitch but the result was all that counted. Watford had won 3-1 and were into the semi-final. The arguments carried on after the final whistle. Taylor ordered his players to get off the pitch instead of run over to the Watford supporters to celebrate for fear of inflaming an already ugly atmosphere. In the tunnel, Steve Williams bellowed «Cheats! Cheats! Cheats!» over and over. The following day, Watford were due to fly to Trinidad for an exhibition game against Sao Paulo, the champions of Brazil. «Sunday morning we went to Heathrow, but there was something wrong with the plane and we didn't fly until the next day», says Porter. We were on the coach going to the airport when we heard the draw. Of the three teams Watford could have faced, they got the one they least wanted, Tottenham Hotspur, instead of Coventry City or 2nd Division Leeds United. It was a gruelling week. A return flight to Trinidad was to be followed by another game against Arsenal, this time in the league at Vicarage Road. On the Friday, the manager had us playing a full 11-a-side game. First team against reserves, says Porter. We were jet-lagged, but he wanted us to run the jet-lag off. Malcolm Allen was playing centre-forward for the reserves and he was running rings round McClelland. John wasn't stupid. He was a wily old fox, saving his legs for the following day. But Graham wasn't happy. He blew his whistle and said, ''We'll be here until six o'clock unless you start putting some effort in.'' The next day we beat Arsenal again, 2-0 this time. In the space of eight days, we'd beaten Arsenal in the cup, gone halfway round the world, played a full practice match and beaten Arsenal again. If they felt invincible at that moment they were about to be brought back down to earth. End of Chapter 22 Next time, from a wine bar to Villa Park. Trouble between the sticks before the cup semi-final.